Hi, everyone. I'm Tom Jenkins, Fire Chief with the City of Rogers, Arkansas, and the IAFC President in 2017 to 2018. And I'm Sheldon Gilbert, former Fire Chief of the Alameda County, California Fire Department, and now a Chief Executive Officer of Emergency Services Consulting International, or as we like to go by, ESCI. And this is the iChiefs Podcast. If you're searching for new ideas, looking to improve your leadership skills, and wanting to make a difference within your organization, this is the podcast for you. We encourage you to join us as we engage with fire service leaders who discuss the challenges and opportunities facing you and your agency. On today's iChiefs podcast, we're taking a little bit more of an unorthodox approach. We've regularly talked about subjects that have ranged from COVID to deployment and best practices. And today we're going to take an opportunity to learn from the world's largest retailer, a retailer called Walmart, that happens to be headquartered um, in my area of the country. Uh, the first Walmart store was opened in Rogers, Arkansas. They're headquartered now in Bentonville, Arkansas, a suburb uh, just next door. And uh, I'm excited uh, to dive into all the lessons learned that we might be able to glean from such a large and complex company. Um, and I'm always happy to be joined by my friend Sheldon Gilbert uh, to conduct today's podcast. Thank you, Chief Jenkins, and uh, glad to be here and, and talk about this uh, subject today. I'll tell you, as we've all throughout our careers worked on emergency management plans and operations and continuity of operations, there's always been an emphasis on the importance of partnering and understanding the private sector and where those resources come from and how you should have a, an integrated relationship with them prior to the prior to the emergency and and they in fact play a key role in supporting us in all aspects of our emergency management from from mitigation to prevention to response and recovery and we're really honored today to have Faith Newton who is the senior manager of emergency preparedness for Walmart stores uh, as stated the largest retailer uh, in the world and she is here to, to talk with us today uh, about emergency management Disaster and, and incidents of national consequence or large regional inc- incident response by Walmart. And so, Faith, I want to um, just thank you for being here and talking with us and our listeners today. And, boy, there's no better place to start than 2020. I bet we'd all, if we had the opportunity, say let's just redo the thing and cancel it. But we can't. And here we are. Um, and we're closing in on the end of it, and we're hoping for a better 2021. But how have the events of 2020, with everything that's gone on between um, the obviously the pandemic and, and different national and regional emergencies and uh, all the things that have gone on in this country. How has that changed the, wall, the way that Walmart responds to disasters? Yeah, absolutely. Um, first off, thanks for having me, and I'm very excited to have this conversation um, and just be here today and give you a little insight from Walmart. So. 2020 has been quite the challenge, and um, I think the biggest word for our team has been um, adapt and just continuing to shift and evolve based on what's coming. And so um, a little background about our Emergency Management Operations Center is we have a location here in Bentonville that we physically work from, um, and we are responding to those incidents, um, regardless of where they take place across the U.S., Um, and then supporting our international markets as well. And so we had very much a culture of being together in the room um, and working through those issues. And so 
with the pandemic, obviously switching to a virtual capacity, as most um, companies did across the U.S., that was a big shift for the way that we operated. And so not only was it um, actual practicality shifting, but then also a little bit of culture um, change in how we communicated and coordinated. And so I think ultimately seeing that we don't know what's coming, um, you know, we've planned for a pandemic for years, as I'm sure is most um, most of the people listening have, but this was something completely different than what we had expected. It was not only um, a, a pandemic, it was also a, you know, economic crisis. It was also a shelter in place. Um, it was so many components that were compiled together that created a situation that we had not dealt with. Um, and so that's probably the biggest thing for us. And then as you can imagine, and I would imagine for most of you on your day-to-day job, things don't stop. Um, we still have to do our business. We still have to coordinate with one another. We still have to continue to operate. And so while we were, you know, dealing with one thing, we were planning for the next one. Um, didn't know what that next one was, but 2020 has thrown several things our way, whether that was, you know, civil unrest throughout the country, um, an unprecedented hurricane season, and crazy wildfire season out west and so all of that plus the day-to-day incidents that go on and so really learning how to prioritize and adapt and and really work through all of those situations Um, and I think that applies really to any business um, any emergency service and any emergency management um, group who's planning and preparing for what's next is now taking those lessons and understanding you know how do you change and adapt that to go to go forward. One of the things that's always impressed me about Walmart is how much emphasis they put in to emergency management and planning, not just here. It's easy to think of, you know, when you got, when you got people like Sheldon and I who have worked in government for a strong portion of our lives and in emergency services, these are comfortable topics. But I oftentimes don't appreciate the global scale that, that you all have to concern yourselves with for you know, your business model and, and also the safety and well-being of your associates. I think that if there's, you know, for me personally, having kind of a front row seat with the proximity of you know, Walmart to where I work every day, I, I oftentimes am just in awe at how much you all care about your associates. And so when you have these national national disasters, faith, and, and all these emergencies that impact your stores and your associates, how, how does how do you handle that and how, how have you seen maybe in your time there, your six or so years, have you seen the business model adjust uh, to handle these things better and kind of learn your own lessons? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so touching, I think, first on a little bit of the international piece of it, um, I was fortunate part of those six years I've been with Walmart was to be in our planning business um, and, and really have a footprint in the international markets um, and being able to be on site with some of them. And so, you know, we employ about 2.3 million people around the world um, and making sure that ultimately at the end of the day, you know, our associates are our number one priority and making sure that they are safe um, regardless of what's happening. And so that does change um, from market to market, you know, based on their business model within the market. But at the end of the day, we have the same program across across the globe that our associates are, are first and foremost. Um, and that's really how we deal with those disasters. Um, 
especially nationally. Um, it's a, we're a lot more hands-on with things that are taking place here in the U.S. Um, and we're there to support internationally. But kind of our cadence is looking at things through the lens of associates, then our operations, and then our community. Um, and so the way that kind of takes place just practically is making sure that we are supporting those associates, um, whether that is you know, direct assistance to them or looking at different policies and procedures to make sure that we're supporting them in the best way possible. And then we're going to get our operations back up and running. Um, so if we need to take additional time to make sure our people are in a good place before, you know, a store gets opened back up, we'll make that decision um, and we'll do what's right in those situations. And then really I think the best thing about it is we actually get to use that skies and scope um, to our advantage. And so whether that's pulling in another team from another area. Um, you know, we just, the Louisiana coast took a big hit um, this last month with Hurricane Laura. And to see kind of their counterparts coming in and help support them and getting their operations back up and running um, is really cool. And it's just part of what has been ingrained in the business. Um, and definitely is something I've seen, you know, through the time here is unfortunately, I've been around through a lot of incidents over these past six years. Um, but through that, we learn and we adapt and we continue to grow. And so as you have somebody new coming in, um, it's not that they're on their own to figure it out. It's we've got all of these lessons that we're continuing to incorporate into our day-to-day -day business model. Um, and then ultimately, our, we want to support our communities that we work out of as well. And so, um, you know, that is partnering with different organizations um, that may be coming in to help support, or it's partnering with the infrastructure that's in the city. So whether that's your city organization, um, whether that's your you know leadership that you have within your, your fire department, um, we want to have those relationships and connections because we're members of those communities just as much as you are. Um, and we want to make sure that they come back stronger than they were. So that's kind of our, our posture around it, is always looking at our associates, then our operations, and then our community. That's a that's a nice segue for the next question I, I had for you, Faith, because I'm looking at your bio and the stuff you're doing with Walmart, and you've got extensive training and continuity of operations, emergency management, and, and homeland security, things that we all, from a public safety perspective, have to have to have all three legs of those stools going for, for a comprehensive emergency management program. And, and we've always acknowledged that a public-private partnership is, is part of that, part of that strong infrastructure that will support it up. So you mentioned, you know, your community and your, your associates as well as your, your, your public safety and your local governments that you, that you deal with. So maybe give us a little idea on, on the traditional perspective and approach that you've taken to the public-private partnership perspective as it relates to public safety. And then maybe what, what has changed with that engagement? What has changed with that philosophy and that approach based on the unique nature of the pandemic and not being able to be there in person anymore and then throw on top of that different layers of incidents of national consequence. How, how have the public-private partnerships traditionally been done and have you been able to maintain them or have you had to change them? Yeah, great question. Um, and 100% agree that public-private partnership is, is very critical. Um, and we, we've done that traditionally in a couple of different ways. Um, Myself at a corporate level, looking more um, across the states and how can I co connect with your state emergency management agencies and really get kind of that big picture um, and then kind of bubble that up to a national level. Um, we work very closely with FEMA. Um, they have a national business emergency operations center 
when we coordinate with them. And then really trying to drive that local coordination between our local store and club management team and that local government um, and, and community and community leaders. And so I would first um, pause and say if you don't know who the, the local store manager is in your community, um, go to the store, go to the club, and, and meet them and find out because that's the best way to build that relationship is um, there locally. And we all know disasters are local, and so ultimately that's going to be your your pinpoint. Um, and so that's kind of been our model for several years is create that environment at a local level, bubble it up to a corporate and state level um, to, to communicate back and forth there from a situational awareness standpoint, and then where it's needed from a, a national consequence perspective, you know, connect with FEMA. This year, as we started planning um, and looking at what could be in 2020, um, you know, we were dealing with our operations in Ch China very early on um, in the year. And so we started planning and looking at specifically public-private partnership. Um, and for that, that is my responsibility. Um, and I'm a team of one. And so it was kind of, there's no way that this is going to be sustainable um, to move through what could be um, and not knowing where we ended up. And so we really partnered with um, our government relations team and then built out some bench strengths within our own team to make sure that we had good information flow. We've used data, um, different mapping capabilities, and just having that back and forth communication of, here's what we're seeing, here's what you're seeing, and building a common operating picture um, has been one thing that has been very critical. As well, I would say, um, really just looking at how we make this sustainable and moving forward. So it went from probably more of a passive partnership to a very active partnership to where we're constantly engaging and constantly moving um, to different components across the country to make sure we're connected in with them. And so. I would say to answer that is probably the, the big piece of it. Um, and then really from a, a company perspective, um, and one thing that I'm super proud of is is our local community and being able to build that partnership within Northwest Arkansas um, and making sure that as we have a, a large footprint here um, in Northwest Arkansas with our home office, making sure that we're connected with our community to make sure that we're making decisions um, that aren't causing you know, a burden to the system, but we're helping work through those together um, and collectively. You know, that's a, that's a great perspective. It's just a quick follow-up question. So we have senior chief officers and, and, and officers and directors and emergency managers listening to this podcast, and and if, if, if you were to give them any bit of advice on how to ensure that there, there's not many communities where we don't either have a Walmart superstore or a grocery store or a Sam's Club. There's most, they're just about everywhere. And how how can they best ensure that they're tied in with their local stores as it may relate to emergency management planning and operations and, and recovery? And is it important to establish those relationships before the disaster versus in many cases what I'm sure we've been forced to do this year is adjust it on the fly? Absolutely, um, and I would say the biggest thing to that is making sure you know who that store management is. Um, ideally, looking at the store manager, club manager, and it's not um, building that personal relationship with them, at least a member of their management team, and 100% would promote um, to build those relationships now. And I think a, a practical way to do that is not always just having the conversation on emergency management. You know, there are multiple things. 
um, that we do as part of the community throughout the year that are, um, you know, shop of the cop. Um, I'm trying to think of other <laughs> things that we have going on that are good avenues to connect in that also build a relationship as well to then add on to the conversation from an emergency management standpoint. Um, you know, specifically yeah. for probably your audience, one of my recommendations for um, some of the procedures that we have that they build um, is looking at, you know, evacuation routes, shelter-in-place locations, and wanting to connect with your organizations to make sure that we're on the same page of who's going where um, and what those locations are for each store because they're all different. And so those are, I think, some of the easier wins to get in to build that conversation and then to build that relationship continuing through. Excellent. Thank you. Faith, I had the opportunity to meet and work with you in response to what's going on with COVID, and I, that's that's how I duped you into being a guest today. But one of the things that I guess I don't appreciate, and I doubt a lot of fire chiefs do, is the amount of of emphasis that Walmart puts into emergency response and preparedness. Um, you know, a few years ago we had an, an IAFC board meeting that Walmart hosted. And those fire chiefs from all across the world, I guess, technically, had got an opportunity to tour uh, the emergency operations center for the company and see where all the alarms for all the stores across the United States come in. This, for my benefit and the benefit of some of our listeners, how common is it for corporations on the scale, uh, size, and complexity of Walmart to, to really have emergency functions embedded within them? Is that is that unique to Walmart, and, and, and how did that come to be, uh, to your knowledge? What's the historical perspective to have that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I believe our history for our emergency management function within the company goes back to Mr. Sam, um, and I think it's very well known that he liked to fly. And so, you know, there was, I believe it was a store that was flooding um, up north, and so he loaded up some people in a plane, and they flew up there to go help. And that's just, I think, always been at the nature of our business is, is helping that community and ultimately helping people um, is kind of his driving force. And then really you see that formalized um, post-9-11 and the continuation of just major events that occurred um, throughout the country. And so you see this formalization of, truly pulling in emergency management functions into and on top of global security functions. So from physical security to, um, you mentioned alarm monitoring, to really that planning and preparedness aspect of it. Um, cyber is a piece of that for a lot of companies. And so I think over the years you've just seen this collection and building out of the functions because businesses know that this, it's not if, it's when it's going to happen, and they've got to be prepared to it. So um, to answer your second piece of that question, it's not unique to Walmart. Um, I have counterparts in, you know, Lowe's, Home Depot, Target, CVS, Walgreens. Um, really pretty much any company is going to have some function of it. It's just going to depend on how much they've built that out, but um, it, it is a common thing now. You know, um, one of the questions I had, Faith, was Walmart is probably one of the world's best utilizers of data. 
in being able to trend and predict and understand what's going on, whether that be with inventory, whether that be with customer buying habits, whether that be with geographical demographics and needs. Um, so I presume that you're also collecting some pretty extensive and impressive data as it relates to your response to these types of uh, large-scale incidents, emergencies, or uh, disasters. Um, what kind of data have you been collecting in this crazy year, and has it, is it, do you then utilize that to predict what could happen in the future and what you might do differently? And is there any element of that, that that the public safety sector should share in and be a part of so that we can better prepare and plan for the future, uh, knowing what we learned from 2020? Yeah, I think data is a, a key piece of what we all do. Um, and if we're not using data, we've got to make that shift to really understand what's occurring. Um, so that way, one, we we know what's going on, but we can also use it to, to learn from and anticipate what's next. Um, I think for us, it's really looking at, you know, what are those um, peaks and valleys and what are the different trends that are occurring, um, whether that's from, uh, you know, just daily incidents or whether that is from these, you know, larger scale incidents and knowing, you know, what are maybe the merchandise that goes with it, what are the resources that we need to utilize? Um, because then for me, I take that and look at it and say, what is, what's our focus for next year on preparedness? Um, and what is our focus for training and awareness to make sure that we're looking at the right areas um, and increasing our knowledge and awareness to how to respond or maybe to mitigate um, elements of that? And so I would go back to, um, you know, I think a lot of the core data that is out there in our industry is we're tapping into the same components of that from a, an intelligence aspect of it, a um, information sharing, common operating picture. Like we want to be a part of the conversation um, with our partners. And so I think as we build continually through the industry to build out data sets, that really helps. Um, and then internally, you know, we're going to look at what, information is being reported into us from our stores and you know, what incidents they're experiencing and, and try to pull that information out to understand where those, those pinpoints are that we can increase some resiliency um, throughout the company and help, hopefully navigate um, through those in a better environment. Well, Faith, what has caught my attention today is that your job is a lot different um, than, than than mine and, and and then different it's also different than a lot of the fire chiefs that are listening and, and, and emergency responders that are listening to this podcast but you've used some keywords to me that resonate right you're making data-driven decisions that you know in order for disasters and problems to be solved you need to have pre-existing relationships long before the federal declaration of disaster hits and i remember uh, conversations from several years ago talking about even federal urban search and rescue deployments would, would go smoother if they could route those resources uh, down highways and interstates that had a Walmart or a Sam's Club where they could take advantage of the supplies and equipment that they might have instead of hauling them state from state. And so Walmart, and, and you're a wonderful uh, example of that, has always been a great partner with emergency services, you've always been wonderful to share and talk and educate uh, with us and the International Association of Fire Chiefs. So thank you for being here today. I always kind of like to close out by asking you, you know, maybe just to to sum it up for us. And and you know, and, and when you know the audience you're talking to today, 
if if you had a, a few moments to to talk to fire chiefs that have Walmarts in their jurisdictions, uh, what what would you tell them? What's your short elevator speech that you would want them to hear? Yeah, and first off, just appreciate the time um, with with both of you today. It's been a great conversation, and um, I think my ultimate advice and kind of pitch would be to make sure you've got those relationships, um, whether it's a Walmart or a Sam's in your location or it's really any other industry uh, and any other business that you've got, knowing who your people are in your community, um, the vulnerabilities and the resources available. And so looking at things from that lens of being a community and recovering that community, um, I think will go tremendous um, leaps and bounds in that recovery process if something, when something occurs in your community. Um, I would also echo that there's a lot of similarities between what we do, though the tactical things are different. Um, from a, a business continuity, you know, I know, Chief, you and I have talked on some of our meetings through this of how do you continue to adapt and respond um, to promote what your mission is. It's the same process and same interactions as what our mission is, um, but they just are tactically different in how we execute those. And so I think to your point, we have a lot of similarities. We have a lot of cross um, vernacular of how we speak and what we do. But I would caution that with that's me coming from an emergency management background. That's not going to be the same as a store manager who's, you know, day-to-day running a business. Um, so it may be a little bit of have the conversation, but know that you're not coming in to talk to somebody who works in emergency services. You're working, you're con- excuse me, you are talking to a, a business owner, um, and so finding that way to have that conversation um, and still understand that you're there to help support your community, it's just going to look a little different. Faith, you've been a great guest, and for all of our listeners out there, I think uh, that a lot of what she has said today is important to, to heed, that, uh, that, that teamwork and building relationships with those local stores, that's a force multiplier in a disaster to have the folks that, uh, whether it's equipment or supplies or just, you, you never know when these relationships might come in handy. And certainly if there's anybody who has logistics down, it's not FEMA uh, so much as it is Walmart. And, uh, and and you all do a wonderful job. And I know locally I have a front row seat that most people don't get to enjoy with what you do and how you take care of local government. But um, I, I can say without any hesitation that Walmart is a, is a corporation that that puts its money where its mouth is and has regularly stepped up both with uh, helping out with needs and also supplying experts like you. So Faith has been a member of our uh, regional COVID task force since day one and has a impeccable attendance record. So Faith, you've been a wonderful guest. We've been talking with Faith Newton. She's a senior manager of emergency preparedness for Walmart stores Faith, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your skill today and and educating us. I'm sure this will be a popular podcast, and we'll look forward to being joined by other guests in the near future. Take care and stay healthy. Thank you for joining us for this iChiefs podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or Spotify, where you can subscribe and be sure to never miss a show. If you found value in this show, we'd appreciate you rating us on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next month.